we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to the Core here on American Family Radio. I'm Walker Wildman. So good to be with you today on the show here on American Family Radio Network. Check out our website, AFR.net. AFR.net is our website. On the We're up on the World Wide Web. We also have the American Family Radio app for you to download on your smartphone, on your tablet device. We have thousands of listeners each day, each hour on the American Family Radio app. So it's very convenient uh, for you to, uh, to download. We're also updating that app, by the way, and we're going to launch a new version in December of this year. So we're going to revamp the AFR app a little bit, add some new features, uh, not, not nothing too fancy, so I'm not trying to oversell it, but um, but we're going to nonetheless push an update for the American Family Radio app in December. So it'll have a couple extra features, a little bit uh, more convenient and easy to use on your mobile device. So be on the lookout for that in December. And uh, speaking of new things, we got our video stre- uh, streaming platform up and uh, live now. AFA streaming video platform is live for you to use. You can go to streaming.afa.net, create you a user account, begin streaming video content at your convenience. Right now up on the AFA streaming platform, we've got almost 7,000 users now. Almost 7,000 users on AFA streaming. And it's just continuing to grow with a 2022 launch of the live streaming option coming up in the next few months. Uh, That's going to add even more popularity and more users to that platform. So who needs YouTube anymore? You know, that's a really good question. Who needs YouTube? Who needs Vimeo when we can just have our own platform and we don't have to worry about our videos being taken down? How about that for a change? We're going to have some special guests or a special guest next segment. We're going to have on the show Steve Tiber, founder and president of 8 Days of Hope, talk about some of the latest projects that projects that they're working on. They've been a ministry partner for 16 years now. Been a ministry partner for 16 years, beginning at Hurricane Katrina. And then last segment, we'll take your calls. So I'll give out the number. Next segment, we'll take your calls, comments um, on the show next, or or the last segment, rather. want to touch on this Rittenhouse trial that's wrapping up today, maybe tomorrow at the latest, I would say. Who knows, So Hopefully this week it'll be done. Um, some interesting developments. I want to uh, to set this up. I want to play a clip here. This is clip two. This is the judge and the prosecutor having a conversation in the courtroom about how the prosecution's charge, the weapons charge, was completely fraudulent, and this is the judge dismissing that charge. Clip two, let's listen. The problem was it was a lie. In fact, under Wisconsin law, which apparently no one in any newsroom in America had even bothered to check, 
17-year-olds are allowed to carry rifles as long as their barrels meet a minimum length requirement, and Kyle Rittenhouse's rifle met that requirement. So no, Kyle Rittenhouse did not violate Wisconsin's gun laws. Today, even the prosecution at the trial was forced to admit that. And so immediately the judge dismissed the firearms charge. Isn't legal? It is not a short-barreled shotgun or a short-barreled rifle, yes. Either by barrel or by overall length? Correct. All right, and then count uh, six is dismissed. All right, there you heard it, count six. Uh, charge number six is now dismissed. That's two of seven charges that were thrown out because they had no basis for being brought about in the courtroom. You know, um, for a prosecutor, that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. But this just shows they were throwing everything they could at Kyle Rittenhouse. Why? For politics. Because these sick people thrive and make money off of fear and division being fomented in our country. And they also use it for political purposes to get reelected and to get elected. And the media, this is really not a story very much. It's just because the media is making it a story. And there's questions about, you know, whether the jury is going to be able to make a, a sound decision. Because there's, there's protesters outside the courthouse ranting and raving and yelling as the jury is trying to deliberate. And then there's the President of the United States and there's other media talking heads calling Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist, even though there's no evidence to back that up, calling him a murderer, convicting him before the trial has been conducted, completed. And we wonder if we have a fair justice system in America. The answer to that is, I don't really know. I sure would hate to be on trial right now in America. It seems to be that the mob has more of a say than the jury. That the mob has more of a say than the law itself. And that should concern us all. Because it's one thing for it to be Kyle Rittenhouse a thousand miles away, but what if tomorrow it's you? And you're the one being falsely accused of something that you didn't do. That is what is happening to Kyle Rittenhouse. And his life, at least for the time being, has been completely destroyed. Imagine Kyle Rittenhouse trying to find a job next month. Who's going to hire him? So the the, the repercussions and the consequences of this trial go far beyond what ruling or what decision the jury makes. On this note, the uh, FBI, man, these guys up at the FBI, you know, I used to try to pull the whole, well, the rank and file are good, but the seventh floor at the DOJ at the FBI, they're bad. The corruption goes much farther down the line. Because the way our FBI operates today is, unless you tow the line of the seventh floor at the FBI in Washington, D.C., you're not going to go anywhere. You may be some some, uh, agent, you know, down the line over some field office, you know, in a remote county. But if you don't kowtow to these corrupt FBI officials in Washington, D.C., then you're just not going to climb the ladder. That's become very, very clear because the seventh floor at the FBI has some major, 
major integrity issues, and in my opinion, their actions has tainted the entire agency of the FBI. And what I'm talking about here is during the Kyle Rittenhouse investigation and now trial, the FBI has had high-definition video footage of the Kyle Rittenhouse altercation in the car sales parking lot that they did not release until this trial began a week ago. So the FBI intentionally withheld evidence from the defendant, from the defendant's lawyers, Kyle Rittenhouse, until last week. And they gave the prosecutor this video evidence at some point recently, and he was able to use this never-before-seen video in the trial before the defendant's lawyers were able to even view it. And furthermore, when the FBI and the prosecutor gave over the video evidence, which they are required to by law, it's called discovery, the discovery process. Whatever the prosecutor has access to as far as evidence, the defendant legally has to have access to that same information so he can properly be prepared to defend his client. Well, the prosecutor handed over this FBI video footage to the, to the defendant and the defendant's lawyer, except he highly, highly edited the video to where you couldn't even view it. So the FBI had this very top-quality, high-definition video where you could clearly see everything happening, gave it to the prosecutor. Well, when the prosecutor gives it over to the defendant, they blurry it out to make it to where you're watching like a VHS from 20 years ago. And this is all being exposed now. You'll want to know why? Because about an hour ago, the jury said, we want to see the FBI footage. That's why we don't have a verdict, because the jury, and good for them, they just told the judge, we want to see the high-def footage that the FBI recorded, since uh, the prosecutor withheld that from us. So they just went back into the courtroom an hour ago, and they're reviewing the high-def footage that the FBI recorded. So back to the FBI, my question is, why did the FBI withhold this video evidence for 12 months? or however long it's been since that shooting. Over 12 months now, actually. Why did the FBI withhold this video evidence? Well, maybe because the FBI is being run by a bunch of political hacks, and they kind of like to see the whole division and hatred and Kenosha burning, so on and so forth. Why else would you withhold criminal video or evidence based on a criminal trial going on right now? Why would you withhold that? From the lawyers. What good does that do the FBI to withhold that from the lawyers? What other footage do they have, by the way, that we don't know about? I didn't know that 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 the FBI and DHS are running drones and, and aerial surveillance all over our cities. I'm, and why did I not know that? I don't know. But anytime there's a large event or something, they're running drones and all kind of aerial footage that none, none of us get to see that stuff. So who knows how much other evidence they have of other criminal activity that never got prosecuted. Why? Because the FBI didn't release the footage. So that's going on right now. And this should really be concerning to us all. 
Um, uh, the last thing I'll mention on this case is Representative Cori Bush. She, uh, boy, the, the, these Democrats, they can tell, they can tell whoppers. That's what we call them around here. Whoppers lies. Um, they can tell whoppers and they just get away with it. So she recently said, she recently claimed, here's what she claimed. I mean, these people are race baiters. They make Al Sharpton look like a saint. These people are race baiters, and all they do is stir up hate and division, similar to what the KKK did back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. But here is the, uh, here's what Cori Bush said. She said, quote, talking about the whole Rittenhouse trial, when we marched in Ferguson, talking about Ferguson, Missouri, white supremacists would hide behind a hill near where Michael Brown Jr. was murdered, and they would shoot at us. They never face consequences. If Kyle Rittenhouse gets acquitted, it tells them that even seven years later, they can still get away with it. Well, the problem is, there's no evidence that this ever occurred. There's no evidence that Cori Bush in Missouri, in Ferguson, Missouri, was shot at by white supremacists. The media even went to the police chief and said, did this happen? Do you have any evidence that this happened? Well, the police chief, Frank McCall Jr., he said, the department has no record of such an incident. Quote, not that I'm aware of when asked if there's any evidence to support Representative Cory Bush's claim. And so this is what they do. This is what they do. They, they, they stir up things. They make claims that they can't back up. And they get away with it. They get away with it. This happens over and over again. I mean, think, think uh, Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett. The, the rope. Chicago. Midnight. Going to Subway to get a sandwich. And these white guys are chasing me. Eh, never even happened. And I can go story after story. I can probably do a whole show on all the hoaxes that have been pushed on the American people. And people get all worked up over something that never happened. So be careful what you believe. AFA at the Court. I'm Walker Wildman. Special guest next segment. You'll want to stay tuned. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. A generation has been taught they descend from animals, that there is no God. They've been taught they are nothing more than a cosmic accident. They have no purpose, and life has no meaning. Life's meaninglessness has been punctuated for them by the 60 million children who've been slaughtered in the womb and counting. But society is shocked when they act out exactly as they have been taught, like animals with no conscience. Respect for human life begins with respect for the life giver. America needs repentance. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, 
public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. There's an age-old behavior that parents of teenagers have struggled with for generations, substance abuse. Tell a generation of teens they can't drink or smoke and they flock to these practices in an abusive and harmful manner. In fact, research shows that teenagers illegally consume about one-tenth of all alcohol in the United States. No amount of substance abuse is safe or legal for children. Protecting your daughter from these harmful behaviors starts with educating her on the potential dangers and teaching her how to confidently say no. Rehearsing how to say no ahead of time will equip her to be brave in what could be a scary or awkward social encounter. Encourage her to fix her eyes on Jesus, her source of strength, and stand firm in her decision. Want to learn more? Read about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. You know, when Matthew 19, the, the scripture records a Pharisee trying to test Jesus concerning marriage, and Jesus responded, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. In the beginning, the first institution God created was the family. Marriage is the centerpiece of family. As a husband and father myself, let me tell you, <laughs> marriage is absolutely wonderful. And we want to encourage and educate people to embrace God's design as the fundamental building block for all of human civilization and to celebrate the lifelong union of one man and one woman as the objective institution that produces human flourishing. Tune in to By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on American Family Radio. I'm Walker Wildman. Hey, got a special guest in studio with me, a good friend of the ministry year and has been for some time now. He used to be my former basketball coach back when I used to <laughs> yeah. dunk. Hey, Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. Steve, welcome to the show. Man, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Now, I don't remember you ever dunking. Maybe that seven-foot rim at that one well, school. Well, it was, it was a dream. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm glad you caught him on that. <laughs> I should have specified. It was a dream that I had that I dunked. Now, I'll say this. I had a chance to coach you and your brother, and I don't think we lost a ball game in multiple years. It was church league, but boy, did we take it serious. <laughs> we, we, we did that Syracuse zone defense where we were pressuring, you know, man to man and everyone's like Steve it's church league I'm like that's okay yeah I mean that's all right and I'll never forget a ref saying man that one fan she is so passionate I go oh that's Mrs. Wildman yeah <laughs> Tim's wife <laughs> that was my mother at the games oh it was great yeah was but great. you know we we uh we didn't win a game we didn't lose a game no we did so, not because of me I promise yeah, you you know you took it serious and when, <laughs> if you're gonna put your hands on something let's do it right come on and you did it thank you hey speaking of doing things right you and your father went to the Gulf Mississippi Gulf Coast after Katrina, what, 16 years ago? Yeah, 16 years uh, next month. And yeah. and that trip turn, has now turned into a national <laughs> yeah. ministry called Eight Days of Hope. Tell us a little bit about that. You know, the number eight in the Bible means new beginnings. And for 16 years, we've traveled the country. And we've, gosh, God has sent 45,000 volunteers 
They've served with us from coast to coast, 60 disasters. And, and check this out, Walker. God has allowed us to rebuild for free 7,555 homes for families, who widows, elderly couples, single moms, people like in Houston, where 90% of the homes that flooded after Harvey were not in a flood zone, so they didn't have flood insurance. Mm. So you wake up one morning and your life gets turned upside down. You did nothing wrong. You just happen to be living in the wrong place at the wrong time, but mm. it's been so much fun. Yes, um, it is a national ministry. I tell people that we're, um, I'm not that smart, but God, he's got it all figured out. We're based in Tupelo, Mississippi. We have a Northeast satellite in upstate New York, Buffalo. We have a Midwest satellite in Cedar Rapids. We respond to natural disasters. And two years ago, we started a new arm where we build safe houses for women who've been rescued and children who've been rescued from sex trafficking. Yeah, that's if you know people who work in law enforcement, you'll hear them mention it because they they deal with it on the streets of all all American cities. But talk about Steve about how big of a problem it is. Hmm. You know, I, sh- I talked to the staff this morning at AFAFR. So thankful for your partnership. Appreciate you guys hmm. so much. It's the fastest growing crime in the world. Uh, in 2021, it's estimated that $153 billion will be spent from people who are being trafficked, being given to a trafficker. Uh, today, in the state of Texas alone, it's estimated 70,000 underaged children, people under the age of 18, wow. will be trafficked today in one day. And this is the perfect time for the church to take our blinders off and realize We've got a serious problem. This is just isn't Houston, Texas, or Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. This is Olathe, Kansas. This is South Haven, Mississippi. This is uh, Atlanta, Georgia. It's from coast to coast. And, you know, God gave us this vision. We find ministries that are doing this, uh, doing it well, offering the emotional, physical, spiritual support that these women and children need. And we build facilities for free, all in the name of Jesus. And we are today in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, on our eighth project. You know, Steve, when when we for some reason some of these um, uh, hot topic, hot button issues have Mm -hmm. turned into like Republican versus Democrat, so so on and so forth. But you talk about our southern border, and I know that's not the only place that people are trafficked, but it's a large contributor to our problem because. When you have when you don't have a secure border, you have the cartels and other gangs trafficking young children, women, and others into the, into America into these major cities to continue to feed this sick. Uh, it's its own economy, um, and so so when we talk about hey, let's have and, and supporting law enforcement because you probably know this, but law enforcement they're they're the f- first line of defense in helping these victims get out of this uh, terrible situation so that they can go to a safe home so tell us about i know this isn't you guys build the safe homes so so operating a safe homes isn't sure. your specialty but by now you're probably familiar with how it works so oh, what is, yeah. what's a safe home yeah. for, for women and children you know the first 3 homes that we built were in texas we went to houston texas and we partnered with a ministry called elijah rising they minister to women who've been trafficked. They rescue women uh, out of strip joints and massage parlors. Um, they find ways to connect with these ladies to let them know that they will help them get their identity back because they've had their ID stolen. A lot of these ladies who've been tar- uh, trafficked um, have been 
coerced with drugs and now are addicts, so they've mm. got to get clean before get, they can get their emotional physical support. So a ministry like Elijah Rising will offer a safe place. They offer you know counseling, doctor visits free, um, the, the, you know Bible studies multiple times a, a week, and they give these ladies a chance to. Um, get their dignity back mm. and to understand that not every man is out there looking for something mm. in exchange for something yeah. and that God's got a plan for them. And so then our next project was in Austin, Texas. It's the largest facility in the world where a child can go. Think about this, Walker. I've got five kids. The average age of a child in America, this is not a third world country, that is trafficked is between 12 and a half and 13 years young. Hmm. Think about that. A 12-year-old kid today in Texas, New York, in Missouri is being trafficked. How do we ignore that? So the refuge, so a children gets a child gets rescued. And a lot some of these children are runaway. Some of them have been tricked by a family member. Some of them have been groomed by a friend at school that they hmm. think is a friend, is not a friend. They get rescued. So they were out being trafficked for eight months, three months, a year and a half. Now what do they do? Right. They're emotionally damaged, or they're hurting emotionally. You can't just throw them into the into the uh, into the uh, uh, the system. Well, I I can't think of the name, but how, the, how do they go home? Yeah, the, and and also you can't just throw them into a home, a foster. Thank you. You can't just put them into right. a foster home without any support. I mean, these children are are torn. Well, they've been traumatized. Yeah, and and so now, how, how do you bring a child back to their parents and say, "Hey, we found them. Great news. You know, hey, good luck." No, wait right. a minute. The family needs help. And so the refuge is in Austin, Texas. There's 48 cottages. Each cottage, a child can have their own room, their own bathroom. They do community things. They go to school. They get the the proper treatment by doctors and dentists and counselors. They've got a chaplain, a husband and wife on campus. It's an amazing campus. Our goal, and, and Brooke Crowder, the founder, is amazing. Our goal is to duplicate that facility in the southeast in the Northeast and out West over the next couple of years. Now I know Steve, you, you guys are, are a, are a volunteer run organization. I mean, without volunteers, there is no eight days of hope. Come on. Because your five staff members <laughs> five. can't build a thousands yeah. of houses. And, and one's here. So there's only four out there right now doing right. But there's 45,000 people, about 85% of them heard about eight days of hope on it's American am- family radio. That's amazing. But but we've got we've got very skilled people out there, all right? So we've got people who are in the in the construction industry. Sure. We've got people who lay flooring, maybe people who are plumbers, people who know how to put roofs on. So so Steve, if we've got those people listening and they've been they've been in the construction industry for 30 years, but they want to maybe take a week or two off come and come help 8 yes. days of hope, how would they go about doing sure. that? So if you're a handyman or handywoman, maybe you're not a professional contractor, but every time you pick up a saw, you can do something beautiful with it. Um, email us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com and just say, hey, my name's so-and-so, I live in Kansas, and I want to come serve with you. We'll have one of our staff members, the other one, <laughs> reach out to you, <laughs> and, and we'll, we'll, we'll very quickly get you involved. Next year, can't say publicly yet where, because these are big projects, mm-hmm. there's two projects, one in towards the northeastern part of the country, so think Ohio, West Virginia area, and then one in the southeast where we are going to construct this facility from the ground up. Hmm. We'll be there for months. And so if you're if you're a handy woman and you know how to paint or do carpentry work or you're, you're a concrete contractor and you want to bring your crew. Right now in Philadelphia today, a roofing crew 
from Indiana came and worked on that project. Wow. There was a drywall crew from Buffalo, New York, went to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to hang sheetrock this week. Mm. Uh, an owner of a company brought his staff. He paid his staff. He wanted them to see Jesus in action without even mentioning the word Jesus. Wow. And they saw it. Every morning and every night, we start the day and end the day with worship and devotion. We feed you really good. I mean, you Praise know, God. eight pounds of hope. I'm, hey, I'm, you got to have the energy, Steve. Dude, I've got it right <laughs> here, man. Those three cookies in the hallway did me good. Yeah. But go to safehouse at 8daysofhope.com. Email us. Pray for the ministry. Hmm. The enemy would love to get in this camp. Yes. You know, we were in Louisiana for seven weeks with Hurricane Ida. Yes. While we were building a safe house in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Hmm. While we were feeding people in a while God was feeding people in Ohio. Yeah. So pray for the ministry, volunteer, sign up for our email alerts, uh, and as always, uh, look to join us. Hey Amen. Keep up the good work, Steve. We need you guys out there. You guys are amazing. I tell you, people out there, I've known the Wildmans for a long time. I lived in Mississippi for 20 years. Uh, I tell you, we were talking about your grandfather today. I'll still never forget the day I met him. Uh, he knew where every penny was going in this ministry. Yes. Just, a, just an unbelievable steward of the gifts that has been coming to American Family Radio AFA for, for decades. And I'm so excited, Walker, for you and for all of us Amen. as I see you grow in the ministry as well. So appreciate you guys. Thank you. Pray for the ministry of 8 Days of Hope. Again, more information, safehouse at 8daysofhope.com. All right. Thank you, brother. God bless you, brother. Appreciate it, man. We got to play basketball again one time. I know. you went from, We went from coach to now we're like business partners now. Well, because we're older. Yeah. So when you retire, I guess I'll be your, your caregiver or something. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see the dunk. <laughs> well, it's going to be that little Toys R Us basketball net that's like three Amen. feet off the ground. Yeah, I can do that backwards. I tell you what, unbelievable athlete. The Wildman boys. Oh were yeah, great absolutely, athletes. absolutely. And their mom was I like our best sports. Yeah. I love sports. Played football, baseball, basketball. Dude, you were good. Yeah. Are you still good? I'm all right. I'm all right. I can I can bank one every once in a while. Steve, uh, he would have made a good <laughs> hockey player. He's he's got a good frame for well, hockey. Well, he's got all of his teeth, so we yeah. can take care of it. You <laughs> yeah. can bring him up to Buffalo and he can lose oh, a couple. Right. I have a good mouthpiece, man. <laughs> that's right. God hey, bless you guys. Appreciate it, Steve. Thank you. All right, 8daysofhope.com is their website, and all of the information is there. If you want to donate to 8 Days of Hope, if you want to volunteer, um, you can do that. They're all at their website, 8daysofhope.com. All the information about their ministry is on that website there. You've got the Rapid Response Ministry uh, rapid response arm of the ministry. You got the safe houses. You have the food distribution uh, is something they're kind of leaning into, and then you have the rebuilding uh, after a natural disaster. So a lot going on there. And this is the beautiful thing about the body of Christ is we all have our different gifts and abilities. We all have our different gifts and abilities. So what what Steve and them do, I can't really do. I mean, I, I can run a table saw uh, for a little while, but I can't build a house. Um, and that's what Steve and them do. They do it very efficiently. They do it very, very uh, quickly, and they do top quality work. Um, they have uh, experts come in that are good at building things and building homes, so they come in and do that after natural disasters. And as Steve mentioned, um, everybody here at American Family Association, we're riding on the coattails of my grandfather, Don Wildman. I mean, I can't I can't act like I built American Family Association or any of us built American Family Association and American Family Radio. God used my grandfather, Don Wildman, uh, to to have a vision and to build this ministry, and he did so to where now uh, not only are we debt-free, we operate debt-free, we pay for everything with cash, uh, but we're also able to expand, to grow, to do different projects, all uh, with the support of our uh, listeners and our supporters out there across the country. 8daysofhope.com is that website. Uh, jumping back into the news of the week, 
the um, uh, there's some interesting goings on in Washington D.C. with the uh, vice president uh, on Monday, or it may have been Sunday. I think it was in the early hours of Monday morning. The White House press secretary put out this very uh, praiseworthy tweet of the vice president. How valuable Vice President Harris is to the team. And it was it was odd. It seemed out of place. It's like why did the did the White House press secretary feel the need to fawn over Vice President Harris uh, in the wee hours of Monday morning? It was very odd, very bizarre. It was as if uh, there was a breakup, and then they were trying to mend the pieces back together. Well, that didn't make sense until I came across this story, and this is uh, Chad Pergram of Fox News. Uh, Bobby, do we have that clip? Oh, yes. We clip do. Four. All right. Let's, uh, uh, let's play that real quick. Just to kind of let you guys in on a little secret here, I was you know, told about two to three weeks ago, maybe this pertains to the Supreme Court, maybe this pertains to you know, changing the ticket before you get into 2024. You know, FDR, seem, seemingly he burned through a, a vice president almost every, every time he was up for office. But I got an email from somebody who really knows this place very well, who said, Chad, start to familiarize yourself with the confirmation process, just not in the Senate, but the House. For a vice president. Of course, we've not gone through that since, uh, you know, President Ford picked Nelson Rockefeller. Uh, again, as you know, uh, Brett, I'm always playing defense and preparing for things like that. But I was very surprised to get that very cryptic email just a couple of weeks ago. Well, that was Chad Pergam. And for those out there, you know, I, I can just hear the detractors now. I, I hear them in my sleep because I read them all day long. <laughs> but they're saying, oh, that's just a conspiracy. That's Alex Jones type stuff. Vice President Harris isn't going anywhere. Nothing's going to happen to President Biden. He's going to run in 2024. Well, you may want to reconsider that analysis because Chad Pergam is with Fox News, and he is a D.C. insider if there ever was one. He knows what he's talking about. He has his sources. He's been there a long time. Somebody told Chad Pergram that you need to learn, you need to study up on what the process is for picking a vice president through Congress during a midterm. So does that mean the president is going to resign and Harris is going to bump up and then somebody's got to replace Harris? Or is Harris going to resign because she doesn't like what Biden's doing and then somebody and then Congress is going to have to fill that seat? I have no idea. But if it happens, I guess we'll find out pretty soon. AFA at the core. Be back in a few minutes, and I'll give out the number to take your calls. In his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Hannah's Heart, a half-hour program specifically designed to encourage Christian couples walking through infertility and miscarriage. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome, but this is a show that says however God answers your cry, 
we know that he's enough. Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White each Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. You can find the podcast at AFR.net. Here's a story filled with both tragedy and hope. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and Amelia was raised in South Africa, very tragically witnessed the murder-suicide of her own mother and father. The father, a raging alcoholic, would kill the mother before turning the gun on himself. This sent all the siblings in different directions. Amelia ended up with an aunt who did not love her. In fact, forced her into human trafficking, and she would go on to be assaulted by men who never were prosecuted for the crime. Amelia lived with bitter unforgiveness for many years until a Bible League volunteer volunteer introduced her to Jesus and trained her to share Christ with others. And would you know what? 120 Christians have looked upon Amelia and they say, what? I want Jesus. And I tell you what, they live where Bibles are non-existent. So we're asking you today, would you step into the stories of these 120 Christians and others around the world who need the Bible at only $5? Make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD. 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 Or give at sendbiblesnow.org. This is a Decency Minute. I'm Bill Johnson. When one is in the dark and a bright light is shown into their eyes, they flinch back. It hurts. In like manner, when the light of truth is shown into the darkness of deception, those who are not used to the light flinch back. Yet the light of truth is necessary, for many have understanding that's darkened by deception even within the church. The Bible speaks clearly against gay Christianity, communism, critical race theory, social justice, and many of today's issues, yet many continue to be deceived. We shine the light of truth, praying that many will see, come to godly sorrow, and give up the world's deception. Our goal, like the Apostle Paul's in 2 Corinthians 7, is not to cause sorrow for sorrow's sake, but rather for godly sorrow to take place that works repentance to salvation, that we will pursue holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. This is a Decency Minute. I'm Bill Johnson. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Hey, if you want to call in to the Core, you can do so right now. Here's the number. 888 Call in to the core. We'll take your comments, your questions about the topics we've discussed today. You can call in at 888-589-8840. Call into the core. Uh, Richard will take your call, get you piped in the system, and then we'll go to your calls, your questions, your comments here in the next few minutes. The phone number once again is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840 is the number to call in. This uh, one topic I want to get to before we jump to the calls, once again, that number is 888-589-8840. The Republicans, you know, this this uh, this fake infrastructure bill that's not really that much of infrastructure, more than it is just left-wing uh, wish list items, but this, uh, this infrastructure bill, we'll just call it that for the sake of discussion, that passed the House and the Senate and was signed by the President of the United States just a day or two ago. That legislation went through the finish line. It couldn't have been passed without the help of Republicans. Yes, you heard me right. The uh, 
13 House Republicans voted for the legislation and others in the Senate, other Republicans in the Senate voted for the legislation as well. And Senator Ted Cruz took issue with these Republicans who supported the Biden infrastructure package. And this is Senator Ted Cruz, clip three. It's exactly true, and it's maddening. I can tell you in the Senate, we spent week after week at lunch yelling at each other with, with, with most of the Republicans saying to those who wanted to support this infrastructure bill, why are you doing it? Why are you facilitating the Bernie Sanders socialist budget? They argued, no, 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 if we pass this, it'll make the other less likely to pass. That never made sense to me. The Democrats never made any agreement to that. They didn't say, we won't pursue the Bernie Sanders budget. What they said is, okay, we'll take both. We'll take $1.2 trillion here, and then we'll take $5.5 trillion here. That's what the Democrats said. And, and I will tell you in the House, for, for the House Republicans who voted for this, Joe Biden and the Democrats, their agenda was, was, was on the rails. It was failing. It was on the way to going down. And, and what those Republicans did is they breathed life into it. They gave Joe Biden a political win. He'll now go across the country touting, look at this big bipartisan win. And, and, and that additional momentum, uh, unfortunately makes it more likely that they whip their Democrats into shape and pass some multi-trillion dollar spending bill on top of this that will include, yeah. unfortunately, trillions in new taxes. That's what the stakes are well, all about. I still hope it doesn't happen, and I hope Joe Manchin does what you suggested, what he suggested, which is to say, hey, let's kick this till next year. Let's wait until inflation is is licked, till we stopped inflation. Then we can talk about the next package. I, I think that would show a lot of wisdom. That would be a, a very statesmanlike act for, for, mm. for Joe Manchin to do. Well, the one-plus trillion dollar bill could not have been passed without the help of Republicans. 19 Republican senators voted for it, 13 Republicans in the House voted for it. Without them, the bill doesn't pass. And the issue is, the issue here is that Republicans, they work way too hard for quote-unquote bipartisanship. But when President Trump is in office, Democrats don't do the same. Republicans act as if this is a give-and-take town, talking about Washington, D.C., but it's not. The Democrats take, 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 and the Republicans give, give, give. And at the end of the day, you look at both parties and you go, who's a R and who's a D? We really don't know because they all do the same thing. So Republicans here, by the way, President Trump wanted an infrastructure bill for four years while he was in office. And he offered over and over and over again to work with Democrats and Republicans to pass an infrastructure bill while he was in office. But guess what? The swamp didn't want to give him that victory. The swamp did not want to give President Trump an infrastructure package victory because that might help him in the 2022, I mean, the 2020 general election. So what do they do? They kick the can down the road and they give the victory to our radical left-wing socialist president, Joe Biden. That's thanks to 19 Republican senators and 13 Republican House members. You see the difference here. Democrats genuinely fight for what they believe in, and they give no ground. They are cutthroat. They are ruthless. Republicans, well, they're statesmen, and they compromise, and they cut deals, and they work with the Democrats. 
But that's not how it works for both sides. So at the end of the day, people like you and I get the bad part of the deal, and the Democrats always get the good part of the deal. It's compromise, but it's one-way compromise. It's not two-way compromise. 888-589-8840 is the number to call in. 888-589-8840 is the number to call in. Let's see here. I'm going to go to John in Oklahoma. Hey, John, welcome to the core. Thanks. I appreciate Enjoy your program a lot. And you were going over the scenarios about the possible things that happen with the vice president president. And there's another one that you didn't mention that I think is worth looking at. I think that the original intention from the beginning was for Joe Biden to eventually step down and Kamala Harris take over. And that would give the Democrats the victory of saying, hey, we had the first woman president ever, but they, anybody with a brain just looks at her and sees what kind of train wreck she is. It's mm. just, that's not, even though the Democrats, they're not that far gone. They can't do it. So the other possibility is they give us a new vice president, then Biden steps down, and that president takes over, that they become president. Because Biden's cognitive abilities continue to decline. Anybody can see that. I think they're going to have to do something. But I was just going to say that's another scenario that nobody's mentioned I think is a real possibility. Uh, okay, that's that's a good point. So maybe, maybe Biden steps down, Harris bumps up to president, and then we get another VP. Is that what you're saying, John? No, I was saying they get rid of Harris and get a person who could actually be president because everybody knows. She so can. we get we get a new president and a new vice president is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Because there's this, I, I cannot see the Democratic Party thinking Kamala Harris could be in charge of anything. I'm sorry, but even they got to be sitting back going, just let's get out of this mess as soon as we can <laughs> because she's nothing but a train wreck. I hope that's what they're saying. That'd be great. Well, if they had a brain, that's what they're But that's just another scenario that they replace her. Yeah. Then Biden steps down, and whoever they replace her with becomes president. Man, you talk about a banana republic. That's what that would be. Oh, no, it doesn't matter who you vote for. This is who we're installing. Uh, appreciate it, John. Uh, thank you for calling in, brother. That's not really far-fetched, though. That's not. Not far-fetched yeah. at all. I mean, after what these folks are doing, nothing would surprise me. Hey, the number to call in is 888-589-8840-888. 589-8840 to call into the show. We'll get you piped up in the system. Uh, let's go to Tommy in the state of Texas. Hey, Tommy, welcome to the Corps. Well, how are you doing today? Hey, doing well, Tommy. Good. Uh, you know, Republicans always do this. When it comes to something hard to push back, they just don't push back. And, uh, you know, this next election, this, this should be out front. This is who voted for what. A water infrastructure bill, and uh, this is who you're voting for. And, you know, as Republican, as conservatives, uh, we're going to have to get tough because uh, we're just getting run over. Yep. You know, consistently getting run over. And it's because we're good Christian people and we want to do what the Lord wants us to do. And But, you know, the Lord wasn't weak, and we have to realize that uh, we have to be strong at what we stand for. Absolutely, Tommy. Couldn't agree with you more. We got to fight. We got to fight. If we genuinely believe in what we believe in, in God's Word and His values and Scripture and biblical principles and how those should be applied to American life and the lives of all people, then we got to fight for what we believe in and have some backbone. That's why I've been speaking out so clearly about these vaccine mandates 
Because if we don't see the, the, the encroachment here, if we don't see the tyranny here that's not even on the horizon, it's here, uh, then we're not going to see it when it's, when it's shutting down churches like they did last year. Or when it's, hey, let me have your Bibles. Those are bad books. We're not going to see it then. So we got to see it now. We got to open our eyes and we got to fight. And if politicians are, are not going to carry our values to Washington, D.C. or to the state capitol and fight for them and defend them rigorously, then they don't need to be in their position. We need to find somebody else with a backbone. Uh, so that's what I'm encouraging people to do all across the country during election season. Hey, I'm going to go to Herschel in the state of Kentucky. Hey, Herschel, welcome to the court. Hey, good, good to get on here. I tried it a few times, it couldn't get on. But uh, yeah, I just got a couple of real quick ones. Try to throw it in there real quick for you. Uh, I know that Nancy Pelosi there before the COVID was even knew, knew about had made a statement when they was talking about the impeachment, saying that uh, we got to hurry up and get this sued before the bad stuff comes. So I, I'm I'm pretty sure they knew what was coming off. It was already it was already on the way. And then she's up there saying, uh, "Come on, Chinatown." They say this stuff ain't bad and blah blah blah, you know. And uh, then when Trump was taking the hydroxychloroquine, they were going off about it really hard. And so I think if you look at it, I can't name one higher up Democrat up there that came down with the virus. Mm. Trump got it, Pence got it, Rand Paul got it here in Kentucky. Uh, several other senators got it on the Republican side, but the big shots on the top echelon there in Washington didn't get that. Uh, virus and why because they were taking the hydroxychloroquine <laughs> or something of uh, uh, that same nature you know herschel you know herschel you're on to something my brother and you want to know why you're on to something is because i read a report that dozens of politicians dozens of congressmen and women and senators are taking hydroxychloroquine and our ivermectin they're doing it they're getting the prescription from the pharmacy on capitol hill and they're taking it over to their offices and they're taking that which they don't want you and I to take. Uh, so you're on to something there. I don't have the list. Uh, thank you for calling in, by the way, Herschel. Good point there. I don't have the list name by name of which senators and which congressmen are taking hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, but I know that many are. Uh, and that's been verified by multiple media reports on Capitol Hill. So if they can take it, well, you and I should be able to take it too. Greg in Louisiana. Hey, Greg, welcome to the Corps. Hey, how you doing? Hey, you doing well, brother. What's on your mind? I was. I wanted to make a point. You know, I, I believe I'm right. That guy that you were talking to a couple of people ago, he was talking about the presidency and uh, Kamala Harris. You know, if they 25th uh, Biden or whatever. And uh, one thing that, that I think is that Kamala Harris is not a U.S. citizen. Maybe a citizen now, but her parents immigrated from Syria. Yeah, uh, that is the line of secession um, in in the case of a tragedy or a um, a vacancy. There, uh, thank you for calling in, Greg. Um, I, I, I'm 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 semi familiar with the process. With the you got the Twenty Fifth Amendment, and you have other 
uh, articles or clauses that give direction on what to do with the vacancy. Um, but but the, 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 the U.S. House and the Senate will have to vote to fill a vacancy. Uh, I think that line of secession is for temporary uh, fulfillment of duties, for example, Something happens to the president, the VP steps up, the House Speaker steps into the VP role, maybe, um, uh, or, or not necessarily. But if the, if the, I'm sorry, if the vice president, something happens to the vice president, the Speaker steps up. But nonetheless, that's for temporary emergency situations. At some point, uh, the Congress would have to step in and permanently fill those roles until the next election cycle. Um, and that's done by a simple majority in both chambers. Real quick, uh, Bill in Mississippi, you got 30 seconds. What's on your mind? I, you, uh, I was just wanting to comment on, you know, the, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial in, in Kenosha. You know, my, my personal opinion is if, if people would have backed him, adults would have backed him with their, with their rights to carry arm and protect their selves and their nations. I, I really don't believe there would have been any other killings. There would have been any killings. I think the cowards that uh, pursued him would have been uh, run away. It's just my comment. God bless you. Sure. Man. Thank you for your service. Yeah, no, good point right. there, Bill. And I think you can take that farther and say if the FBI, if the FBI had not been. Uh, Going after, you know, parents. Ha! I know this was after, before that, but nonetheless, you get the point. If the FBI hadn't been hunting down Donald Trump and the fake Russian collusion story, well, maybe the FBI could have been in uh, Kenosha with their counterterrorism task force. Stopping the rioting and looting. Maybe the Kenosha Police Department could have been there. Stopping the rioting and looting. But instead, law enforcement takes their hands off, FBI takes their hands off, chaos ensues, and then they make Kyle Rittenhouse the problem when really Kyle Rittenhouse is the hero. AFA at the core, I'm Walker Wildman. See you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.